We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am your host, Jethro Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Today, this is a special episode, episode 1052. You can see the show notes for it because I'm going to be talking about a lot of different artifacts that you can check out at transformativeprinciple.org slash episode 1052. Um, so before I get into the topic this week, I just wanted to talk a little bit about a couple things. First of all, um, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It means the world to me. Um, I could have never thought that, uh, this would get to where it's at now with a quarter of a million downloads and, um, just, uh, tons of people, uh, listening and it just means the world to me. So thank you so much. Um, I would love your feedback. You can always hit me on Twitter at Jethro Jones, or you can uh, send an email to Jethro at paperlessprinciple.com, and that'll be a great way to get a hold of me as well. So thank you so much for listening. It means the world to me, and I totally appreciate it. So the second thing that I wanted to say just before we get started is the Transformative Leadership Summit is coming together, and if you have not participated in that before, you need to go right now to transformativeleadershipsummit.com and sign up for that because it's going to be amazing. Our theme this year is empowerment, and I've already had a bunch of people um, tell me what they think empowerment means, and so I would love for you to sign up for this and uh, check it out and be part of that. So Tracy said that um, empowerment is a large step up from encouragement that makes action likely. I thought that was a really interesting way to define that. So thanks for sharing that, Tracy. And then um, let's see. Uh, Glenda says empowerment means mentorship. Give others the opportunity to learn and grow alongside you. And um, one more is from Joanna. And she says empowerment is a way to ensure that others know their worth. 
using strengths to ensure that other people feel strong enough to pursue something on their own. So that's our theme for the Transformative Leadership Summit. And all these things are going to be addressed. We've got some amazing guests that are going to be part of it. And so I'm really excited for you to participate in that. Again, go to transformativeleadershipsummit.com to sign up for that awesome experience. So uh, let's get into the topic of today's episode. And like I said, if you go to transformativeprinciple.org slash episode 1052, You'll be able to see the show notes and you'll be able to get a bunch of the links that I talk about in here. So the way that this is going to work is I'm going to go and basically read my report to my uh, supervisor about how my school year went as my first year here. I'm going to try to be, um, uh, what's the word? Vulnerable. <laughs> I couldn't think of it. I'm going to try to be vulnerable about some of the things that I've learned. And, um, you know, everything wasn't perfect this year. Um, but there were a lot of really amazing things that happened because of, uh, so many of the things I've learned from, from doing this podcast and doing the transformative leadership summit. Um, in fact, the leadership summit from last year really informed a lot of the ways that I approached school this year. And so I think that it made my school year significantly better because of how I was, um, how I was able to reflect and think about things and anticipate issues before, uh, before they happened. Um, so, you know, I think, uh, I think I've probably mentioned on here before, um, uh, about my experience learning about Tanana middle school and how, um, a lot of it was from this Facebook page that people created because the, there was a fear that the school was going to close. And so, People created a Facebook page called Save Tanana Middle School and then pretty much um, posted a bunch of negative stuff on there, which, um, you know, that's what happens with uh, social media sometimes. And I've been determined to change the narrative about our school. And so if you do a search for Tanana Middle School, you see our official page, our official Twitter and our official, um, uh, what's it called, uh, Instagram and then you will also find um, different articles that we've had in the paper um, where we have done something positive and worthwhile. And so uh, to me, that is really us taking control of our story and changing the narrative. And I just think that is so important. And so many of my guests have talked about that on this podcast. And so I just know that um, it's incredibly important. And, uh, when you do take control of the narrative, you actually get to change, um, what people say about it and how people think about it. And so that is just, it's awesome. I love it. And I think it's so important. And so always remember to, um, to take control. Um, so if you look at the, uh, news, uh, links for, um, for Tanana Middle School, you see uh, the first one is that the Fairbanks School Board reverses cuts in final budget. Uh, there's a picture of me with some students 17 months after launch. Personalized learning affects all area schools, and Tanana is featured in that. Tree plantings continue in Fairbanks for Arbor Week. Our schools featured in that. Um, Thanks from Project Citizen um, were featured in that. Uh, Tanana Middle School step team. Um, 
Yeah, and so it just keeps going on. And so there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight articles just in this year about our school that are all positive. And, and that's not because I'm amazing, but it's because we're really working hard to change the narrative and we're sharing the good things that we're doing. So I want to make sure that, that if you're feeling discouraged or frustrated or like, how do I get started? Um, there's a great thing um, that I'll put a link to about how I run social media for my school, which really makes it so that you start with a picture on Instagram and then it goes out to all those other places and doing something there on Instagram first and then having it automatically go from place to place just makes it so easy for you to manage all the social media for your school. And it really does make a difference. Um, and, and that's a, a good testament of that. So, um, so, uh, as I mentioned, this is basically going to read most of this and then give some ad libbing here in between. And, um, this is really me trying to, uh, talk about the process because, I interview all these people and we, we hear about all the end results and we don't always hear so much about the, um, the process. So, so I'm going to talk about that. So first vision, vision, mission, strategic goals. Um, so our strategic goals for our school just line right up with the district strategic goals. Our vision for Tana is to give people what they need when they need it. And that vision applies to staff, students, parents, and other community members as needed. Our vision for the future of TANA is clear and has been reviewed throughout the year with the teachers, and there's a link to the updated four-year plan that has actually been accelerated because uh, my teachers have uh, done such a great job with personalized learning of jumping onto that and really making sure that that, um, kids are getting a personalized education. At two times this year, I've met with each teacher individually to discuss the vision for the school and ensure that we are able to make collaborative decisions about the future. And additionally, we have a leadership team running agenda um, that reviews and gives information about the trajectory of our school, as well as a faculty meeting running agenda. And then we also have a PLC session board. Each one of those documents is continually changing every single meeting and being updated and and things are given out. And one of the shifts we made this year that from previous schools that I've been in is we just have a running agenda that lists everything all together so that if you miss a week, you always go to the same place. Um, and I put that in the calendar invite for all the teachers so that they know exactly where to go. Um, next section is data for for informed decision-making. So while academic success is surely one of our goals at TANA in this building year, there has not been a lot of focus on traditional school data. While we have certainly analyzed and reviewed map data, Peak's data was essentially not useful, and we have focused more on other issues. One of er- the major areas of concern related to attendance and tardies, we have systematically documented tardy issues and found that typically less than 5% of our students are tardy, which indicates it is a small problem, not a widespread issue. We have identified 19 students who are consistently tardying in the halls and have created a student contract for just those 19 students. To enable us to identify the students who were the ones causing issues, we created hall passes for teachers to use to monitor student hallway use. <clears throat> this is one of those areas where um, being able to have data really made things better. Because when we saw that it was just 19 students that were having an issue with being in the halls, we were able to zero in right on those students. And instead of punishing the whole school for 19 students' misbehavior, we got right down to those kids, and I think that is 
very exciting. I love that approach because I, as a student myself, I hated getting in trouble for what other kids were doing. And when I was being naughty myself, I loved it when other people got punished for me because it showed that I had power and control. And I totally was able to manipulate uh, adults into doing what I wanted because I knew that they were going to make decisions for everybody else because of me. That is so awful. And yet as a young man, 15, 16 years of age, that is what I learned. And so I used it to my advantage. I don't do that anymore, thankfully, (laughs) but that is something that, um, that I always hated when I was a good student and loved when I was a bad student. Additionally, we used informal qualitative data to determine next steps for our school this year, asking teachers the area in which we needed to focus. A review of our progress uh, was completed with teacher surveys that they submitted, and that um, that was enlightening as well. Furthermore, at the beginning of the year, Dr. Orr and I met with each teacher to review map data and how it would impact their classrooms. Um, we basically just sat down with each one of our teachers that wanted to and said, uh, here's how you can use map data. We got, we were able to meet with teachers from each content area, even those that typically think that it doesn't really matter to them. And that is pretty cool when those teachers are saying, how can I use this data in my classroom that is not math or language arts? Okay, um, empowering work environment. At Tana Middle School, our success cannot be dependent on the principal's ability to manage many different initiatives. That is a recipe for disaster. Teachers and other staff take a prominent role in ensuring that plans are successful. One such area is our advisory options. Each teacher and staff member that wants to may submit a new advisory option every two weeks. This list shows all the different options that have been created this year. Each teacher takes responsibility for creating something of value for students. Many items on that list are also student-generated ideas that came from students wanting to have a bigger say in what we do. Our school librarian was given the directive at the beginning of the year to make the library a place where we learn and create and has been given decision-making authority to accomplish that. Ms. Martin redesigned the library, removing a wall, facilitated technology distribution, and created maker spaces in the library that change nearly every single day. The way she's doing maker spaces is totally different than what I've seen before, and it is just awesome. And this is where um, I see some really powerful things happening. As the principal, you set a vision. So the vision I set was we give kids what they need when they need it. And our teachers and other staff have rallied to make that um, actually happen. Um, one of our PE teachers, Mr. Bailash, has adjusted his way of delivering instruction in the classroom to ensure that all students are engaged in the process of learning and doing, which is super exciting. And there's a link to our blog post about that in the show notes that you can read more about that. Um, the beginning of the year, end of the year, and many other activities throughout the year have been organized by teachers working in committee to make meaningful change to our school. And so I can, as the principal, I can say, let's do all these different things. But the reality is, is that it's the teachers and the staff who are actually making those things happen. And it is amazing to see, um, how things change and grow. Uh, it, one of the things that, um, that you know, as a listener that I've been focused on is the one thing podcast and how in there, Jeff Woods is often talking about people being empire builders and really in our schools, we need to allow our teachers to build their empires, not their silos, not their fiefdoms, but empires that 
include people and enable people to do amazing things. And that is really um, vital to our success as leaders. The next section is continuous improvement. One of my favorite ideas is that we are never done improving. It doesn't matter how much we do or don't do, we can always get better. There's always room for growth no matter what we are doing. And one small example of that is that our hall passes were not as effective as we wanted. And so we created a second hall pass that met our teachers' needs. One group of teachers needed additional support, so they created their own processes for dealing with hall passes in their section of the school. And typically, you know, you want to have everybody on the same page and what needs to happen is that people need to have a basis and then they need to be able to create their own ideas and make their own decisions around certain things that are happening. That's exactly what they did that didn't take away from what we were doing as a school, but made it more clear to the students that they had, which I think worked out very well. A good example of our belief in continuous improvement relates to leadership team running agenda on the April 25th agenda. We had this posted on our agenda, reevaluate schedule B, please comment from a teacher to schedule B really help us grow into the schedule we want for the future. Does it help train students to be ready to handle the freedom of an open schedule? And so even when we make a decision, we know that we have a long way to go to be where we want to be. Nothing in our school is too sacred to talk about. Um, celebrating success and acknowledging failures each faculty meeting, we start with celebrations. There are many areas when I failed at something this year, and I usually refer to those here on this podcast. I'm sure you've heard about those. One of the failures that we had was an attempt to roll out a school-wide service learning program. A couple teachers came to the leadership team with an idea, and we tried to roll it out to the staff, but it was too soon, and I let the leadership team know that I had jumped the gun too much on that. Um, another area where I failed this year was relating to collaborating with principals. Um, around personalized learning. I attempted to have a weekly meetings with other principals around personalized learning and people didn't show up and I waited quote unquote by the phone each week. And so what I did is I re rephrased that and created a Fairbanks mastermind with four other principals in the district on Friday mornings. And so that became a better way, um, to collaborate with my peers and is a really exciting conversation every single week. Um, as I've said before, and I'll continue to say it, the mastermind is by far the best way, uh, to get professional development. Um, it is so powerful and so exciting every single week to see where people are coming from. And it's, it's just fantastic. So, um, Again, if you want more information about that, you can go to transformativeprincipal.org slash mastermind, and uh, we can talk about how to get you to tap into that network and be part of it. Seriously, it's it's just amazing. The growth, the personal accountability, the opportunity to talk with other people who um, don't think you're crazy <laughs> because you're trying to be innovative, it's awesome. Um, finally on celebrating success and acknowledging failures, uh, one of our teachers did a very open-ended, um, unstructured, took a big educational risk, uh, to do this different way of teaching language arts. And, uh, then he asked the students to write about it and what they learned about it. And boy, it was amazing to see the responses from kids about, what they thought. And, um, I've got to just make sure that doesn't have any student information in there. And, and I will, um, share some of those 
with you. It was amazing to see some of the things that I'll just briefly talk about here. Um, so the, uh, my amazing assistant principal, Dr. Orr, um, listed things that students liked and then student perspective opportunities for improvement. Um, so one student said we should do something more for a political cause. Like how can we change the future of our school? Um, that, that's pretty cool. <laughs> like a kid just saying, this is what we, um, need to do. Um, some kids wanted more, uh, structure or teacher support. Some students needed to figure out how to behave or, um, manage their time better. Um, you know, one kid was like, our phones distracted us a lot with all, honestly, I played around quite a bit, so I'll definitely fix that next time. Um, kids just being really open, uh, about the, the process. One kid said, kids have never been trusted for something like this before. So they feel like they can do whatever they feel like doing a large majority of kids take advantage of this, no due date and mess around. And, you know, obviously personalized learning doesn't mean there's no more due dates. Um, you still need to like have an end to a project because if you don't, then that's just, it'll never get done. Um, some students, uh, want to need more time with resources, need more help with resources, opportunities for collaboration and working outside of their comfort zone. Um, and some kids realized they just got bored with the subject they were studying and they want to have more time to think about really think about what they want to learn before committing to doing something. And then the positives, this was really cool. Um, some kids, uh, did really great. Some kids who were self-motivated found some great things to do. They got right on it and did awesome things. Other kids, um, said, I eventually figured out how to do it with the help of my friends, <laughs> which, which is awesome. Um, I liked seeing what other kids were choosing to work on. Uh, taking control of your education is difficult and requires an immense amount of responsibility and focus. Boy, isn't that the truth? And for a seventh or eighth grader to recognize that is really awesome. So that was, there were comments about authentic learning, new learning, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I'll share this so that you can see it, but so amazing to see kids reflections of their learning when they're supported to do that. Um, so the next thing on that is, uh, my ideal week schedule. And, um, I've talked about that before and how important it is to have time blocks to do things. Um, and so each week I schedule out my week and plan to spend time in the morning with teachers. I used to think that I need to be in the classrooms observing teachers, but I've realized it's much more powerful when I think of that time as coaching teachers. I might be in their room while they're teaching, or I might be talking with them during their prep talking about how we can meet their goals. Other time, other items that I might block time block include writing newsletters to parents, collaborating with my assistant principal and making time for district focused work each Tuesday afternoon. Having time blocks has really helped me to be present in the moment so that I can devote attention to the things that are really important. One of the things that I do is a once per day, 30 minute email check. And that has really been helpful as well because that, um, that boy, just knowing that I don't have to worry about email until that specific moment is really good. Um, next section is systems leadership. And then there's a bunch of sub subsections here. One of my goals this year, oh, sorry about that. One of my goals this year after reading the one thing has been about being more proactive and less reactive. 
as you know, as a principal or aspiring principal yourself, um, it is so easy to get caught up in the idea of go, go, go. Everything's an emergency, all that. And I'm working hard to, to eliminate that. So we've created key responsibility areas for our special education staff, office staff, and a few other positions. It's very easy to float through life reacting to every situation, but it's so much more valuable to be proactive and lead with vision for the future. A shining example of the focus on systems has been to create strategies for recruiting top talent to our school. A recent full-time certified hire told me, I wasn't going to work here, but then I came and heard your vision for what the school could be, and I knew I had to stay. Oh, like music to my ears. Having a vision and sharing it with people is what makes them join the work. This one teacher who joined our staff will have a tremendous impact on our ability to reach our goals. At the beginning of the year, we established new school rules. These rules are be safe, be respectful, be responsible. These school rules are clear and easy to remember. They also allow teachers, students, staff, and anyone else in our building to support the rules by asking three questions about any behavior. Is it safe? Is it respectful? Is it responsible? If the answer to any one of these questions is no, then we know the behavior needs to change. We have high expectations for students to always be safe, always respectful, and always responsible. But we also understand that it takes different students different amounts of time to be successful at the expectations. One of the challenging areas for this has really been for the adults in our school who fear that one teacher will say it's not disrespectful to do this, and another teacher will say it is disrespectful to do this. And so figuring out how to balance that and not making this huge list of rules, which if you've listened to the interview with Tom Herrick, you know that rules turn students into classroom lawyers, and that's not what we're going for. We need to be able to have a conversation about the behavior. The beauty of three simple rules is that when you do have that conversation about the behavior, you can eliminate the, but it doesn't say I can't do that. That doesn't matter because we're talking about whether or not what you're doing is actually safe, respectful, or responsible. And if it's not one of those things, then we talk about it. And if they disagree, that's a great conversation to have that allows you to start using uh, perspective taking to figure out whether or not somebody else could perceive that as disrespectful, unsafe, or irresponsible, and being able to have that conversation. Because truly, discipline in a school is about relationships. It is about um, respect for each other, and that is so important. So if you have the conversation about these simple rules, then you get to have a conversation, not just you did X, now Y is your consequence. All right, the next area is communication. One area of communication for which I'm especially grateful is managing conflict at our school among adults. Despite our best efforts, we adults can sometimes be the most challenging to communicate with. In my own experience, I come across as stern and strict many times when that is really quite opposite from who I really am inside. Teachers and staff in the past have complained that it is difficult to talk with me. I've made great strides in being more approachable but still have a ways to go. One of the strategies that I have used is called communication cards. These cards hang on my door so that anyone who needs to have a difficult conversation with me can have a difficult conversation knowing that I'm going to respond in a certain way when that communication card is used. This has been really beneficial to me to diffuse difficult situations. Thankfully, these cards have sat largely unused for most of the year. That means I'm getting better at my interpersonal communication skills because people don't feel the need to use the cards to communicate. This is one of my um, greatest learning opportunities this year that um, 
that, you know, my wife often tells me that I need to smile more. So I'm continuing to work on that. And I am a very happy person, so I don't know why I don't tell my face that. But I know that um, that that area has been something that I've struggled with in each of my previous positions. And this year, I feel like it is much better. Not perfect yet. I still need to work on that, but I'm I'm going to continue to work on it. Moving on. Constant communication is important. I'd like to share some stats from our newly created this year social media accounts. It is important for us to be everywhere for our families and support them in making sure they know what is going on at our school. We have a long way to go before to be there for everyone, but we are heading in the right direction. Our Instagram account has 95 posts as of April 25th and 88 followers. My posts generate about 10 to 15 likes, and Dr. Orr and I are the only ones who post to that account. Facebook. This account has 207 likes and is climbing the charts in relation to the comparison schools. In three years in Kodiak, I got that page up to 700 likes, so we're making a good progression towards that. Our highest usage of our Facebook page is between 4 and 8 p.m. and at noon. If we do any Facebook live events, noon would probably be a pretty good time to do it. Our most popular posts average 10 reactions. On Twitter, our tweets earned 5.3 thousand impressions over the last 28 days. We have 57 followers and 800 tweets so far. Our most popular tweet over the last month was related to a student mastering his math facts up to 14 times 14. That's pretty positive. This count is, excuse me, mostly automatic posts, tweets from Facebook and Instagram. So the fourth way we communicate with families is through our newsletter account and MailChimp. Our emails usually get about a 35 to 40% open rate, which is really quite good. Um, for uh, my weekly um, podcast announcement that I send out each week that um, if you're not signed up for that, you should be transformativeprinciple.org. Just go there and sign up for any one of those things and I'll automatically add you to it. Um, that uh, that usually gets about a 20% open rate. And then when I do the Transformative Leadership Summit, in the summer during that time that the summit is happening, that's about a 75% open rate. So that one is amazing because people actually sign up to attend that event. And the emails is how you get the, uh, the updates on what's happening each day. And so that one is, is very high typically, um, around the middle of the year, I asked parents how much they were satisfied with their TANA experience. And I just said, how satisfied are you with the work done by TANA staff with your student this year? Um, and at the middle of the year, uh, we had about 10% response rate overall. Um, about 73% of the parents are satisfied or strongly satisfied with the work done by TANA staff with their student. That's very positive also. Those in the middle left some comments about improving education and one notable comment said, your personalized learning plan was a pretty beep idea. So obviously there are some people who are not happy with what we're doing, but, um, that is still a good thing. In addition, we started a blog for our school relating to the different things that teachers are doing. They put their statements of philosophy on there and, um, and other lessons that they're learning throughout the year. Really fantastic. 10 on middle school dot wordpress.com. Just a place for us to put something else out there about our school and in continue the positive communication. Um, and then one of our other strategic goals was to have 500, uh, volunteers in our school. And so 
Perhaps the best outcome from all this parent, communi- parent and community communication has been the increase in parent involvement and community engagement. Nearly every week, we have had parents or community members in our classrooms working with our students. Our school is welcoming to many from outside who don't typically have interactions with middle school students. A favorite story of mine is from Nelda and Tom Nixon, who are local watercolor artists who live close by. They came to our school and taught watercolor classes during advisory with the art teacher. This opportunity gave this retired couple an opportunity to see what is going on in schools today and be more engaged with the school process. And it was really cool to um, just to see them coming in and interacting and to see how uh, they made they made the comment of how quickly that time goes by, and they just didn't have as much time as they wanted with the kids, which was really cool. So our goal for volunteers, as I said, was 500 this year, and at the end of the year, we ended up at 429, which that's pretty awesome considering we had very few visitors, volunteers, last year. All right, the next section is leadership for learning. If we aren't moving forward in our efforts for helping kids learn, then all our efforts are pretty much wasted. Our focus this year is on personalized learning, and my expectations for staff have been very clear and quite minimal. Each staff member needed to do one activity, lesson, or unit that incorporated personalized learning each quarter. This is not a high bar, but with a vision like we have, it makes it so much easier for them to be successful in implementing just that. In fact, I'd say that nearly every teacher has done way more than just four personalized learning activities this year. It's been really amazing to see how far so many have gone. I believe the reason we have been so successful is twofold. First, we have really great teachers who strive to go above and beyond. Second, we have a clear vision of where we want to go, and we know it is okay to not be there right this minute. As we converse about different ways to improve instruction, teachers take a little idea and implement something amazing that they can do themselves. For example, after our MAP meetings with teachers, uh, two teachers and some other teachers found the MAP goal-setting worksheets and worked with students to make individual goals for where they could improve their learning. Teachers who have been effective in implementing personalized learning have also been visiting the distinguished range of the Danielson framework much more often. It is really powerful to see them be so successful. Um, one of the, just a side note about that is that they, in the trainings, it says that you should visit the distinguished area, but live in the proficient area on Danielson and teachers who are consistently in the distinguished range are those who are doing personalized learning and Danielson makes it so easy for you to mark them as distinguished because they're getting all the students involved. The students are taking more control over their, um, system and it's very exciting. So one of the area where we have a lot of work to do revolves around grading. Plain and simple, our grades don't mean anything. In one class, grades mean something entirely different from another class. It is imperative that we work on getting on the same page with grading. The need to move to a competency-based system is enormous. There is a major area, this is a major area of growth for our school. When grades mean so many different things, it is very challenging to hold students to high standards. For example, in one class, An A means that a student is compliant and does what the teacher asks. An A in another class means that a student did a bunch of work but maybe didn't learn anything. An A in another class could mean the student has actually learned the content. An A in another class could mean the student has just shown up every day or even most days. In the last few months, I've consistently been saying that an F means the teacher has failed while a D means the student has failed. We're having conversations about taking away zero grades so as to not penalize students. And there's a great podcast episode with Rick Warmly about that very idea on, uh, I believe it was Ed's Not Dead. Really good one. Um, 
Professionalism. Over the course of this school year, we have focused heavily on professional development for our staff. Each week, Dr. Orr and I curate articles, podcasts, TED Talks, and other resources to help our staff have meaningful professional development on their own time. We have focused our faculty meetings and PLCs on providing value to our teachers. We have eliminated set-and-get PD sessions and have made them personalized and interactive for all adult learners. We must model this for our teachers first if we expect them to do it in their classrooms. One of the major challenges we have faced this year relates to our suspensions of students of color. This is challenging because we, if we follow the district policies, we have to suspend students of color at a higher rate because their natural behavior is in conflict with our school district policies. Students of color are often louder than their white counterparts as a whole, and that makes them easy targets for teachers or staff members when assigning blame for incidents they didn't see themselves. Students of color are often accused or targeted because they are loud or animated. This is an area where we need to continually work to improve. Um, this part to me, um, man, this one is just tough because so many times when you really get down to it, when you're investigating the students of color have been referred just because they are loud or noisy or boisterous. And, um, you know, I am certainly not an expert on, on everything. And this is one area where I, I just see this recurring pattern. I don't understand it. And I don't know why that is happening, but I know that it's not good for our students to be singled out and targeted like that. So, um, I'm working to uh, figure out how to make that better for our students and make sure that they know that um, that I'm going to take every situation um, and look at it and do my best to figure out what really happened and deal with issues as they as they come up and and start fresh in each of those situations. All right. Outside of work, I've sought to improve my own professional growth by applying to present at the Alaska Principals Conference, the National Principals Conference, which I'll be at in July. So if you're going to Chicago, please come up and say hello. Um, I'd love to chat with you. ASTI, which is the Alaska Society for Technology and Education, and the Personalized Learning Summit in San Francisco. And for my podcast, since being here in Fairbanks, I've interviewed over 50 people for my podcast to learn how I can be a better principal. So, um, that is my year in review. Um, I'd love to hear any uh, thoughts or questions that you have about it, something that I didn't explain well enough. And um, if you send me a note on Twitter at Jethro Jones or send an email to Jethro at paperlessprincipal.com, I'll be happy to have that dialogue with you. And thank you again so much for listening to Transformative Principle. And if you have not yet, please do go to transformativeleadershipsummit.com and sign up for the Leadership Summit this summer. It's July 30th through August 8th, and it is going to be just amazing. Our theme is empowerment, and you're going to love everything that we talk about. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, share, leave ratings. Give me a high five when you see me, any of those things. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful summer. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. 
That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.